This is season six of the Team Roping Journals podcast, The Score. With over two million downloads, this is where Team Ropers talk. Hey everyone, it's Chelsea Schaefer. Welcome back to The Score. I know this month has been, gosh, I feel like it's maybe been the last six months, have been pretty crazy when it comes to this podcast because a lot of our coverage has been from events, uh, kind of wild and, and fast and furious interviews that have been happening um, while we are at Sioux Falls or while I was at uh, the Rope Horse Fraternity or the Riata Buckle, um, and I love those episodes for sure. But this is one of those nice episodes where we get to kind of slow down and talk and actually get into somebody's brain a little bit more. And this episode is with Trey Yates. He finished 19th in the world on the heel side this year, missed the cut for Sioux Falls, um, but still won $80,000 with Chad Masters and got to rope with basically the partner of his dreams. But there's a lot to be learned here too because roping with the partner of your dreams doesn't always mean a gold buckle. And uh, I think that taught Trey a lot and that is why I'm so very grateful that he wanted to talk on this episode and wanted to kind of give us some insights into the lows of this year. They have certainly put him through the the ringer when it comes to to testing his mental game and he has learned a lot to get ready for next year. So without further ado, this is Trey Yates. Trey, I am glad you wanted to do a podcast now and this time of year, I usually record podcasts with guys making the NFR, and you know we have lots of awesome, exciting things to talk about. But you are 19th in the world. You this year was not what you wanted it to be. You were roping with one of your dream partners. Where are you standing on things right now? How are you feeling? Well, obviously, um, <clears throat> there's a little bit of disappointment or a lot. Uh, you know, I I first started uh, taking interest, like, in rodeoing in the National Falls Rodeo in the year of, like, 2006. Um, that was when I moved in with my, with my dad and my family in Colorado. Um, and Chad Masters was obviously one of the best at that time, still is. Um which I think was it 2006 or seven. He won the, the world mm-hmm. his first, first uh, time. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and as a kid, I, I wasn't around those guys a lot. You know, my dad had quit rodeo on a lot. He still went some in the summer, but, uh, a lot of guys came to Pueblo to the rodeo and, uh, it, the, the slack was always at four o'clock when I was a kid. And, um, so as as soon as school was out, I would go to the slack and then watch the performance at the state fair. And, uh, you know, Chad was, was very nice to me at a young age, uh, which a, a lot of the guys were, but he just, you know, you could tell when, when he said, Trey, how you doing? And, and, uh, as a young kid and, um, you know, I'm, I'm a lot more emotional than a lot of people think, or I, and I'm, I'm very gullible. Um, and I, in my heart, and which I know now it's true, and I have for a while, but he genuinely meant, meant it when he asked, how, how are you doing? Like, you know, mm-hmm. what have you been up to? 
have you, do you enjoy roping or whatever the case is, whatever our conversations were. And, um, you know, was the kind of guy that as a young kid, when you have an idol, he would give you a rope or something like that. And that's just, you know, stuff like that is, and for me, it never goes away. So I always wanted to rope with that guy and, uh, you know, to not make it is, it's, it's very hard to take, you know, and, and, uh, uh, Piala Washington, you know, uh, Nelson Wyatt and I had won around and, and I said in the interview with Amy Wilson that I, I love that guy. Well, I do. I mean, he's, he's, a he's a bigger brother figure to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and uh, a great father, so has some, some father aspects to him and a lot of knowledge and a lot of experience. And, and you know, when you, when you go to Denver, or for us, that was the first rodeo of the year, and you have full intention of just taking the world by storm and, and you don't, it's, it's a bitter pill to swallow. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it was around Caldwell time, and... And I told him, I said, there's nobody I'd rather be out here doing this with. And he said the same thing. And then, so there was a lot of special things that came from it. We got to know each other really well. We learned a lot about, you know, each other's raising and growing up and, and, uh, the paths that brought us to where we are today as, as people. And, uh, you know, I, um, Kylie's a, a great woman, you know, uh, his mother's a great woman, his stepdad, um, his dad, Bob is awesome. His kids are awesome. And it's, it's, uh, we kind he spent a lot of time in Pueblo and, and became close with, with my family as well, or as far as I know he mm-hmm. did. And all that's pretty special, you know, and, and, uh, things that'll never be, they'll never go away. You know, the, the agony of defeat, is something we have to live with, but the things we got out of it are pretty special too. Now, I'm not saying that winning isn't everything in a sense, but I'm not trying to make it sugarcoated that we had a terrible year and it's all going to be okay. Cause at times it doesn't feel that way still, but we, we, we do have a special friendship still. Yeah. What was going on this year that was, I mean, we talked about it, gosh, I guess it was around Caldwell time, you and I, that you weren't happy with your roping. I know you had horse troubles. What was the, what was, why wasn't it the magic that you wanted it to be this year? Well, I think a lot of reasons. I think, you know, I'm, I was still blessed to have good horses and, and horses I love, but, you know, in my career of rodeo and it started full-time in 2018 um i rode dude and and dude was just and and i were just a match you know and Mm -hmm. and uh i rode him at san angelo we were getting ready i didn't take him to california and chad came up uh kind of the first part of june latter part of may and we started practicing and and in one steer, I felt something was kind of off after I roped. I'd been roping on him every day, kind of getting ready, and, you know, three or four steers a day. And uh, uh, things changed, you know. He, he got hurt. And uh, I'm 
I'm a very overwhelming person at times and it just <laughs> it affected me and mm -hmm. and I let it affect our year I think but you know uh just nothing seemed to go right you know and we never got in a rhythm uh and I I just I didn't rope good um I didn't have the best attitude I, I tried to for Chad's sake but it ate me alive you know, I've always had trouble handling my emotions with roping, but when you when you have someone that you want to do so good for and then you screw up, it hurts even worse, you know? Yeah. And uh, I did my best not to let it eat on me, and I learned a lot about that this year, but at times it did. What did you learn about that? I learned that, I mean, you have to find a way to brush it off, and everybody screws up you know obviously some less than others but it's not impossible because as terrible of a year as we had we we still were within range all year like we never didn't have a chance you know yeah. and it's like what if i'd have had a better attitude here or there um maybe been more focused or whatever the case is there's there's like three steers that probably would have changed everything mm -hmm. and uh um, you know, if a guy's got to be pretty strong willed at times to, to, to make it. Yeah. Was there, do you think that, I mean, when you were growing up, you were, you had to catch, I mean, I'm not saying that was a pressure that your family put on you or anything that way. I just mean you were healing a lot of times helping for your dad at the horse shows where, there was a lot riding on you catching that wasn't just, you know, at the junior rodeos, oh, you got to go catch for your partner or for your family. No, you were catching for clients on clients' horses that, you know, might have been, it might have been their last year in the junior. It might have been, they might have had the horse in the program for four years with your dad trying to win a world title. Where is that? I mean, that feels like a ton of pressure. Is that where that comes from, do you think? Or do you think it's just in your nature to be that way? It's, uh, I would say more my nature because I was raised in that industry, um, that particular industry and those scenarios. And I thrive off of that, I think, a lot. Mm -hmm. But when you know that you look over and know that one of your best friends is trying to put food on the table and, and a lot of it relies on you it's it's uh different and you know tyler wade and i are great friends you know but for some reason we just we jived and and uh which is great as he ropes he's gonna jive with anybody but it wasn't the same it was it was different in a way somehow mm -hmm. Be because when tyler and i roped together we Tyler's a very confident person and he believes strongly in his ability. He believes strongly in the process of team roping and he's, he's family oriented to Jesse Weston and he firmly believed that what we were doing was creating a future for him and his family as far mm -hmm. as providing 
and he believed that every time we backed in, we could win first. And I think that the great teams feel that way. And sometimes two great ropers rope together, and I don't know that that is always the feeling that's there. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And T-Wade is certainly a confident person and, and can win first every time. So it, it certainly makes sense. I, I rope scared a lot, and that's that's a terrible thing to say, and it's a it's a hard thing to say and, and be straight up about it, but I, I rope scared to fail at times, and you can't you can't do that out here mm-hmm. because there, there's too many guys that rope good, and you you work all year at home and you jackpot and you practice for what? Why why would you be scared to to fail? Because you get to do it again, and and if I could do it over. I would have that attitude more or try to like your program to when this steer turns heal him, heal the steer. It doesn't work in the truck and go heal the next one. And, uh, you know, the winners are wired that way. Um, and like I said, I'm very gullible. So there's been some things said to me this year that helped with that a lot. Some of them, it was too late, but, I think about it a lot. I think about things a lot, especially when I'm driving. Yeah, so and what are those things? So, for instance, the other day uh, at the World Show, um, you know, and his, history tells it in the AQHA, my dad and Bobby Lewis have, in a way, been rivals for a long time. You know, they they were both very successful horse trainers starting years ago and uh, showed it, showed against each other a lot. Um, but Bobby's always been a very nice guy to me. And uh, so the other day at the World Show, he uh, he told me how I was um, roping really good. And and I said, thank you. And, and he had made a good run is what started the conversation. And I told him, good job. And, and uh, I said, you know, Bob, it's, it, I appreciate the compliment. It's it's been a year, and and just trying to find myself again and figure it out. Um, you know, it's it's been tough. And he said, well, let me tell you something. He said, there's only one person that can hold you back, and that's you. And he said, uh, which which it wasn't necessarily. There was a little more foul language than <laughs> I'm saying, but he he told me he said, you don't worry about nothing when you're rode on and roping. You miss one, you call your rope up and you ride out with pride and you go the next one. And that's the only one you think about. And he said, when you go to the practice pin, you don't, you don't work on your skills. You might need to touch them up here and there. You go work on your horses, but you know, you can heal the steers. We all know you can heal the steers and I'm a fan and I believe in you. And for, for someone that um, has had a deep history with my family in a sense showing against them. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really neat and it, it really meant a lot to me. And, uh, you know, I think sometimes I don't know why I struggle with that. Like I don't always see in myself what other people see and, and I see it in a lot of other people, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm not looking for reassurance out here because you aren't going to get it. And, and I mean, I, 
I have to believe in myself and believe in the process, whatever the process is. And there's only, there's only one being that knows the plan, you know, and, and that's another thing I've, I need to work on and I've worked on a little bit this year is my faith and and uh you have to keep it in your heart that that your path is paved paved for you and be willing to accept whatever is in front of you. Yeah. It's funny that you say that. Coulter Todd said something to me at Greeley about like you know, about God knowing the beginning and the end and it, we're just here and being used, you know, and I just Sometimes people say things to you, like you said, that really make sense. And whatever Coulter said, I, I can't even repeat it because I don't remember all the words. But it was very, very wise in only in a way that only Coulter can say things. So, absolutely. Today's episode is presented by Resist All Boots. Resist All Boots have been designed by cowboys for cowboys, rangers, competitors, and all those who love the Western life. You can trust the Resist All family for head-to-toe craftsmanship that embodies the authentic Western style that is perfect for days in the saddle or a trip to the office. Resist All's boots are as stylish as they are durable, with intricate double stitching that completes the boot in refined detail with true grit and polish. The shafts come in an assortment of colors from classics to showstoppers. Available in two toe styles and two heel styles, the cutter toe with the western heel is a modern, narrower toe and a higher heel created for fashion and function. It looks as good in the stirrup as it does on the town. The square toe with the stockman heel is a classic wider toe, a timeless heel to take you from the branding pen to the boardroom. What um, what has your family done for you or how have they supported you throughout this year like and what has what kind of feedback have you gotten from your dad and from your grandpa about this year yeah and in general about your attitude I mean your dad I've seen your dad I know your dad doesn't want to lose like when he had a tough go in the heading at the world show he was looked as mad as anybody so I mean no he it, it wears on him and and you know, the thing I'm starting to see now is, is uh, as he gets older, it, it does affect him more. And uh, it's the hardest thing in the world for me to see when he's upset because there's no bigger fan of his than me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but as soon as he rides out and gets on his next horse, he's, he's ready. And uh, initially, it, hurt, it hurts him a lot. And... You know, at the, at particularly like at the world show, and he said it after after we talked. And you know, when he misses it, it hurts. It hurts three people in that specific scenario. It it hurts. You know, it hurts him, obviously, because he hates messing up, and it hurts. It hurts me. He it hurts me for him. He feels like he lets me down. And the owner of the horse. Mm-hmm. And uh, so those are things he has. He, I mean, that's just the truth of horse showing. But he lets it wear on him a lot that he's letting me down. And he never lets me down. Mm-hmm. Because he's trying harder for me. And I'm trying harder for him than anybody. And so I, I hate it for him because it, it hurts him a lot. My grandpa, it affects him differently. He's a lot like 
Chad in the sense that you can't tell if he missed or caught when he rides out, and that's that's a very hard thing to do. I think. I mean, I've tried to, and it it's very, it's very difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, you you see uh, Triggers, he he handles it well, and my hats are off to those guys. And I think a lot of it for for my grandpa is uh, I think he knows that. Well, anymore, I think he's he's eighty. He's hoping to have fun and he wants to win. But I mean, just to see him do it is pretty amazing itself. But um, I think he always knew that his life was in the right place deep down. The best I can tell, you know, him and my grandma, he had the the children he wanted, and his life was good, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so. Did he want to win more than anything at that point? But he knew who he was going home to and what he had, what he had made at home, and he was he was happy. Yeah. That being said, one well-being that puts that person in your life at the right time to make all that hap- happen, mm-hmm. you know. And I want kids and a family, but I don't know when it'll be. And nobody does, except God. And. I do want that someday, and Jordan Allen's a good friend of mine, and he told me the other day, it changes everything when you have a kid. And he was like a big brother to me several years ago when he worked there in Pueblo, and and it's just, I mean, to hear people like that that know a lot about you as a person and, and you know a lot about them, for them to say that, it, it must be something pretty special. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I think a lot of my priorities have not been wrong, but somewhat in a sense, because I get so revolved a lot of times of what takes place in the arena that it affects, it affects me outside the arena. And that's one thing I got to work on as a person and get better at for my sake, for my friend's sake, for my family's sake, all of it. Mm-hmm. So what does that look like for the next year? Is that, I mean, you're rodeoing, you're still planning to rodeo, you're still planning to do a lot of the same things that you did this year. It's going to look like from the outside looking in, it's not going to look different. What is going to be different or, or what's your plan? Well, I think a lot of the, opportunities that professional cowboys get are pretty amazing you know to to go compete at houston at the at the you know the biggest rodeo of the year to go to san antonio or fort worth you know go go run one off the hill at pendleton cheyenne salinas like there's so many amazing places you get to go and people you meet and things you get to do and and i need to i need to go to them and enjoy it yeah and be thankful that that's where i'm at and enjoy the people around me and and you know give it my all 150 percent every time and whatever happens happens but don't let it dictate how you treat people or or for, for me don't let me dictate how i treat people or mm-hmm what I what it's what I'm gonna do that evening for dinner, 
you know, I I can remember the first time I lost my I lost my rope at the NFR two years ago, and it was the first time I had ever caused a no time in my life at the at the national finals. I lost my rope. I can't remember what round for for T Wade, and I was in bed at the Mirage before the caps were open. And looking back, like for what? I mean, I just go in there and pout. So I did, and and I mean, literally, the national finals rodeo, and I'm pouting like. Nobody yeah. wants to screw up. It's hard. It's the, I mean, it's the biggest rodeo, and it, it can be hard to take, but enjoy it, you know? Try to enjoy it, because you may never go back. Yeah. I mean, who's to say I never go back? I don't know. I don't want it to be that way, but who knows? Yeah. And I was there, and I'm, and I'm pouting. I mean, I look back on a lot of instances of life and things I did, and it granted i'm i'm pretty young and i got time to change and i'm gonna but it's i can't believe i did it you know i I sold up no -hmm. different than that picture you have of me (laughs) several years ago at spicers sitting at the back end of the arena sitting in the arena yeah i mean it's it really bothers me to see that because i i don't want to be that person but i let what took place right then affect me and it affected everybody around me well for anybody that is listening I do have that picture, but you were really young at the time. I feel like it wasn't that long. I mean, it wasn't that long ago, but it was a long time ago. And it was an enter up jackpot, and you were dang mad that you had missed some steers and you sat down. So, but I mean, you had the miracle fairy tale NFR, your first finals in 2018. You won the average with Cinegeny. Um, you caught every steer, obviously. Uh, how much did that set your expectations up? I mean, obviously you've always had big expectations for your career, but winning the average at your first finals has to be like, you, you can only top that by like one more thing and that's winning the world. But I don't know. Are your expectations to win the average every year? And that is what the standard to which you hold yourself to. I think we had talked about this in a previous podcast that year. Um, Mm-hmm. But Kellen Johnson and I won the college finals that year, and that was my, that was my ultimate goal that year. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Aaron Sidney and I had the NFR made. Well, I mean, it was, I was driving around a lot, you know, driving around with one of my best friends, you know, drinking beer, hanging out with girls, relevant. It was easy. Life was good. Um, and then, you know, make the NFR and then all of a sudden, you know, have a chance to win the world in the 10th round, but don't win the average, which is still amazing. And so then for me, I was like, I thought I would, honestly, after that, I expected to be there, thought I deserved to be there. And I got a quick rude awakening. Mm Mm-hmm. But, you know, I did not make the NFR for two years after that. And uh, and then, you know, Tyler and I made it twice, and I missed it this year. But, yeah, it, it, I don't know that I expect to make the, to win the average every year, but, you know, you don't – I didn't realize how hard it was or what a feat it yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's – yeah, I mean, it's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Looking back, I mean – 
I remember texting Clay Smith and Paul Eves that night and telling them congratulations because they won the world. Mm-hmm. And Paul Eves texting me back and saying, man, that was so great. I haven't even caught all 10 here yet. Congratulate, Like, you know, he, Paul Eves is a world champion, been there several times, and it hadn't been done in it. So, I mean, it's a hard feat, and it's not something that's going to happen every year. And then you look at guys like Chad and Luke and Colin and, you know, look, date back to Jimmy Tanner and Brad Culpepper, guys that do it more than once. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. You know, obviously Speed and Rich, Jake and Clay, but, you know, there is guys that have done that more than once, and it's quite a feat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, what is this winter going to look like for you? I think we're talking while you're on your way to Arizona right now. So you are snowbirding it. I'm headed to my house right now. Got some uh, some good jackpotting coming up. I'm just going to – I'm going to kind of get back in my element a little bit. And, uh, you know, I was so discouraged, you know, from – from such an awful year rodeoing. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to quit for a month and go on vacation, and, and uh, that didn't happen. Um, and then, yeah, I was going to I was gonna head, <laughs> and I was going to trip steers. I was going to be a steer roper because I entered one rodeo this year, Pendleton, and made the short round, and I'm like, I need to go trip steers. I could be a steer roper. Gave you a little confidence. And, and if anybody watched the short out at home, and I would think they know that I'm probably not ready to be a full-time steer roper yet <laughs> because I did do a pretty good, I don't know if it was a front flip or what it was. When the steer got up, he got me on my ankles, and I busted him, and he busted me. So <laughs> I, didn't I don't see think that. it's time for that. I did not see that, so I, I'll have to go back on the Cowboy Channel and look. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was good. It was, it was fun, you know, and actually – Kind of like the the thing I was talking about, the Wayne Brooks, you know, he said, are you all right, Trey? And I gave him a thumbs up and smiled, and I had people text me, three friends, and say, that's pretty cool that, you know, that could happen, and you could still have a smile on your face. So that's the person I want to be. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But, so, yeah, I'm going to rodeo after these good jackpots. As a healer, um, as a as, as a healer, a, I'm gonna be a healer. I'm gonna be a healer this winter. No bull anyway. riding, no riding bulls. I'm gonna. I still. I'm gonna do that someday. Someday. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um. I I crave it. In fact, it just. I hate my granddad's a PBR fan, and I just sit there and I just want to ride him. This is so but ridiculous. Okay. I don't think one of those teams is gonna draft me. No, probably yet. not. Mm-mm. I mean, I could call my buddy Cody Lambert and ask him, but I think his roster's probably full. I don't think he's going to kick Sage out, or Jerome Davis ain't going to kick Sage out for a minute to let me fill in for the weekend and see what I got. So um, so Steamboat it is, yeah. It's going to be at Steamboat. <laughs> you know, I wish I could still get in the permit section, but I've exceeded that. So um, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. it might be on the grass. It might be on the grass at Pendleton. If, if that steer didn't kill me. Nothing can. My God.
Today's episode is presented by Resistall. From the passionate hatters that started the company to the hardworking team working daily to produce the best quality hat a cowboy can wear, the folks at Resistall live and love the Western way of life. Not only do they respect cowboys in the Western way of life, they all live it too. That's why Resistall says we live it every day and why they wear the hats that they make. Browse their wide selection of felt and straw cowboy hats, western apparel, outerwear, and protective headwear at resistall.com. Oh, my God. But, no, I, I just, you know, and and I really do, I'm working on having a better heart. Like, I want to, I do want to have a pure heart. I, I'm very soft-hearted, but I, I, I want to be stern in a sense that, because like I said, I'm gullible, so I've let a lot of what people have told me along along this trail of events that I've been through in my life affect me. And obviously, some of them are negative. And uh, I want to be better about that. And, you know, I just want to be a good person, and I want to enjoy the process, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And I've enjoyed being home the last two months. I... I didn't go to any of the relevance in Texas, but I did spend a month with my granddad and, and, uh, my dad went to Brazil for 10 days and my grandpa's feeling good. And he roped with me about every day or every other day. And those are things that I'll never get back in life. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's been the best. And, uh, you know, I, I just want to be, I can be half of the man he is someday I I think I I'd be a, I'd be knowing my heart that I was a good person. That's got to be a lot of pressure though because your grandpa is one of the most beloved human beings in our whole western community. Like I mean I'm sure your grandpa's made some people mad over the years, but it in his 80s now he is everybody's favorite human. Um and he is so jolly and such a he makes me laugh. <laughs> so it, it's best – it's – I don't know. I mean, my grandma's a great woman, I guess, and I don't ever feel pressure to be – I mean, I want to be like her, but I guess it doesn't make me feel too much pressure to be like her. But he's, No, I'm with you. I don't think there's pressure there. Like, yeah. even for you, you just want to be – Yeah. They set an example. They set a bar. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And uh, to have – you know, because sadly there's people that don't have that example. Mm-hmm. And uh, so to have that example and, and be able to be around somebody and spend time with somebody like that, that so many people love and, and then you you can have a special bond with them and love them even more mm-hmm. is is pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I don't know. It's just heartwarming yeah. being around him, you know? Yeah. He makes me laugh. It's very funny. Um, what... Does so grandpa and dad are gonna come down to Arizona for a little bit too? They are, yep, yep. Uh they'll come a little bit before the ropens in Vegas. They're they're roping in Vegas and I'm gonna be there for maybe two days roping and and then uh, my dad's in a couple of ropens, then my granddad's roping at the end of the week, so So are you, you are gonna stay you're just roping for a couple of days, but you're gonna stay and watch your granddad rope? I'm not. I'm going to be adios by then. I'll be watching him cross the water. I'll be in the Dominican Republic. What I got you... some good family friends over there that I'm going to go see and and spend time with, and I'll be cheering him on, though. Are you teaching a school over there in the Dominican Republic, or are you just 
on I vacation. have in the past. I've done two of them, but I don't know. I don't really know what they got planned. I, my buddies Ariel and Alex, they come to my house every year, and uh, <clears throat> it's it's uh, it's quite the relationship I have with my friends over there. They come over here and make themselves at home. Mm-hmm. And I told them when I go there, I'm making myself at home. Ariel, I'm getting in your recliner. Your wife's going to cook me dinner. <laughs> and that's how it's going to be. And I don't care if we run up a steer. That's awesome. Because he comes to my house and he, well, he, he's got it figured out. See, he, he's got my grandpa hook, line, and sinker. So we saddle up all the colts and stuff and then. He takes my grandpa and plays this poor pitiful me deal and gets to ride all the good horses. So nice. I said, I'm not roping with you over there. I will let you ride some good ones when you come over here, though. So he's just now he's going to come twice a year to rope. <laughs> he's coming in January to my house in Arizona and then again in May to Colorado. How did you meet these people in the Dominican Republic? So um, it's been four years ago, maybe, that... Uh, they got in touch with AQHA and had my dad do a clinic mm. and then wanted me to go do a clinic. So during the NFR in 2020, I went over there, did a clinic, and we just became really, really close. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they came over the following uh, year um, in May. And actually, it was I roped with, uh, with Begay at uh, Cortez, Colorado at the rodeo. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they got to go there and meet Derek Begay and... And watch us, and and uh, they're just they're just very very good people, you know, very good morals, good families, and uh, I mean, I talk to them three times a week, you know, and it, so to go hang out with them once a year is pretty exciting. I went after the NFR last year, and and uh, this year I'm going to go, I guess, on the 14th of December. So, oh, good. Which I'm vacation. sure we'll end up in the arena at some point. If I know Ariel, he's the most he's he loves to rope more than anybody alive i'm pretty sure and that says a lot for some people but he loves to rope so well let's talk just beyond that beyond this next year you have a your dad has a thriving very legacy horse training business obviously tons of customers you have some of your own customers after what does life after rodeo look like for you you are going to be a horse trainer i would assume i i do i enjoy it and uh I think that's what I want to do. Um, you know, a lot of it's going to tell, you know, it, what my family revolves around. You know, I, I, I think that that's, that's some of the things we don't know, mm-hmm. you know, and, and uh, obviously that's what I want to do, and I really enjoy it. And, you know, I mean, to have the set of clients my dad has right now is is pretty amazing. You know, they're all, it's not a a client-trainer relationship with most of them. We're all family, and they all come to our house and stay for for days at a time, and I go to their house, and and, uh, that that to me is pretty amazing. And I almost think I'm spoiled in a sense that that... I'm gonna look for. Know that that happens all the time. Yeah. But <clears throat> at the end of the day, you have to make a living. So, you know, there's gonna be clients of all kind. But I hope to have a family aspect relationship someday and be able to do what I love. 
that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, right now, if the industry continues going the direction it's in, it's almost like you could step away from rodeo at any time. And I mean, anybody could really at this point, but you are in a very unique position to do it. Step away from rodeo. What do you want to do in rodeo before you are done? Well, I thank everybody that rodeos with goals has the same thing in mind. Sure. Like there's one ultimate goal. Um, and that's to be a world champion. And, you know, that's the only, that's the only thing missing from, from the Yates's. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I would like to get that someday, but I, uh, actually Chad and I on our way to Tucson, um, he had seen the movie, but I showed him there's a, one of the most amazing sports speeches to me, which obviously it's fictional, but based on a true story is Billy Bob Thornton on uh, Friday Night Lights. Mm-hmm. Coach Garrett Gaines, when uh, they're in the state championship game, and he had been hounding on his team all year about being perfect. And <clears throat> he talks about, you know, what he what he finally c- comes to the conclusion at halftime. He, he tells him the meaning behind that. And he's, you know, he tells them, I've talked to you guys about being perfect, and I want you to know that perfect has nothing to do with the scoreboard. It has nothing to do with anything on that field. It has to do with your relationship with yourself and your family and your friends. And, you know, to, you can look them in the eye and tell them the truth and tell, tell them that they're, you did everything in your power. There wasn't one more thing you could have done to be there for them and help them. And if you can do that with clear eyes and love in your heart, then you're perfect. And when when it's all said and done someday, my rodeo career, I don't want to know. I want to know in my heart that for my sake, my partner, and everything my friends and family have sacrificed and done for me to be able to do this, that I did not let them down. And I did everything in my power to be as good as I could possibly be. That makes sense. And maybe someday I will be a world champion. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's, if I, if someday, I told my dad that the other day, when I'm done, if I go out and I can look in the mirror and tell myself that I did everything I could, then I, I'll be able to live on myself. Yeah. I love it. Absolutely. Well, anything else we missed? We've covered quite a bit. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm sure I have a lot to say. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm kind of a, I think too much. I, well, I kind what of beat you... myself thinking a lot, and I'll think of something here in 20 minutes. Five, 15 different things I should have mentioned, but that's okay. Um, well, I just want to be. I really want to be a a good role model for for the sport of rodeo and team roping, and and you know, hopefully inspire somebody someday, and and just be able to help somebody. I agree. In, in I think... any way I can would be is. Is my is my another one of my goals, I guess. Well, you, why? Where does that come from? Or like, why? I mean, obviously, everybody wants to say that they're a good person and say that they are, say that they want to be a role model. But what? I don't know. Where does that come from? Or why has that been on your mind lately? Uh, I don't know that that's necessarily been on my mind. But a lot of the other things we've talked mm-hmm. about, if if you have a good heart and you're a good person, they come without you even knowing it. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
a lot of people have a Rocker Steiner. I spoke to him one time. I don't know him. Um, the only thing I can say about him is he's obviously extremely talented in the bareback riding, but with as little as that matters to me at uh, Pueblo at the rodeo this year, we have some good friends that are some farmers there, the DiTomasos and uh, um, the Gary's grandson Ridley. He'll be competing in the junior bronc, the junior NFR bronc riding this year, and, and they come over to our house and rope and getting into the rodeo, dude. And uh, it had it had downpoured rain before the last performance at Pueblo. Yeah, it did. I wasn't there, mm-hmm. but uh, um, and Ridley wanted went to Rocker Steiner after the bareback riding and asked him to sign his hat. Well, his hat was drenched, and uh, Rocker Steiner said, "I have a better deal for you." And took his shirt off, signed it, and gave it to him. And that's pretty awesome. You know, that mm-hmm. it, what it meant to that kid is, that's pretty cool. You know, it's a lot like what I talked about Chad giving me a rope when I was a kid. Yeah. That's awesome, right? And, yeah. And like I said, people have their opinions about other people. I, I don't have one because I don't know him. That's the only thing I know about him. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, in my in my book... He's good. He treated he treated a, a family friend of mine good like that. I'm good with it. Love it. I love it. Well. And he doesn't realize. Yeah, it was the just a thing impact he, did. he made on that kid. That's that's kind of what I was saying. You know, for you, sure. You do those things without without knowing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you for thinking of. For being so thoughtful and thinking of so many things to talk to me about today. I appreciate it. As always, I am so lucky that these guys are willing to share with me and uh, willing to share with all of you, too. So the next time you hear from me will probably be at the NFR. And remember to look forward to 10 nights of winners. Um, Every round, we will have an episode that will go up immediately. Uh, So the next morning when you wake up, you can hear from the go-round winners um, from inside the Thomas and Mac. All right. We'll talk to you soon.